This is where we show that a cane and a gator can coexist. Isn't that something special? Isn't it? Isn't that special? Well, you know, Brett, I'm real excited to be doing this show with you. We're excited to be here on OnSideRadio.com. And anyone wants to get in the conversation, give us a call, 888-441-4623. Or you can always text us at 844 844- 416-8123 here at Onside Radio. But it's our inaugural show. Brett yeah, Romberg. man, it's the first time. Bro. And I, we did something pretty cool over the weekend, though. We kind of like farted around a little bit, had a little conversation, and it went it went really smooth. You, the minute you remove a good-looking lady like uh, Claudia Trejos, <laughs> you remove her from the equation, then I kind of get back to normal because I was a little distracted with her in the building. Well, get back to normal. I'm not sure exactly what that means when you're Brett Romberg, when you say get back to normal. It's all screwed up up here. I'm telling you, it's, it's a hot mess. But yeah, we're going to have a great time. There's no doubt about it. Well, it was a hot mess this weekend for oh, the Canes. God. We're going to talk a lot about that today during our program, inaugural program here. Um, I mean, I'm, I know a lot of people are probably really interested to find out your insight as a guy who played on maybe the greatest uh, collection of talent in the history of college football, that 0102 Hurricane team. Yeah, it always gets a little redundant, especially after games, especially when we suck. I'll put it out there. We sucked. We, we were really, really bad. It was kind of reminiscent of the Al Golden Clemson game that ended up getting him fired. Uh, some debacles in the recent decade that have happened at the University of Miami. It was, it was somewhat nostalgic, that feeling that I had after the game. And what's the worst part about it? Another one on that list might be the, the, the shutting down of the Orange Bowl playing against University of Virginia. That sucked too. But, uh, but the fact that it was the last game of the season, that I think stings because – Trust me, coming from a guy like me who knows you're only as good as your last game, yeah. which for me, the University of Miami's last game was the Ohio State debacle at the Fiesta Bowl for the national championship. So the seniors that are leaving, that aren't electing to return, are basically... Okay. Oh, really? Well, it was good. It was good while it lasted. Whatever. We'll, we'll try it we'll again. Figure, we'll figure it out. How I'm do you like nervous. that? I'm not nervous. You just cue me when when he says we're ready. We're on the the stream though, right here. Yeah. We're on Facebook, which is fine. And YouTube, yeah, man. Yeah, we're everywhere. So well, do, do I have to repeat that whole? Th- I worked really hard on that one. Well, here we go. Hey, thanks. Before we get started here on our inaugural show of the Romberg and Cord Show, I want to thank Michael Miller and Grant Miller for giving us this studio to work out of here in in South Miami. Oh, hell yeah, we don't have to drive all the way up north. That's, That's the best part about it. You and I are down here in South Miami, so you know, part of the crib, part of the hood down here. I drive up to Lockhart Stadium. That would be uh, that'd be a tough. I need one. a plane ticket. Golly, I'd have to go through security. You might need a there. passport and everything I'm else you, to up get there. up there. It's up there. It is, but you know, it's it's exciting to be a part of the OnSideRadio.com uh, team. If you want to get in the conversation, and I know a lot of people, probably you, Brett Romberg. Would like to talk to you today after yeah. that cane loss. If you want to get in the conversation, give us a call, 888-441-4623. You can always text us. It's right in front of me here, and I'm going to be reading those, those texts all show long, 
844-416-8123. I want to throw this proposition at you, Brett Romberg. I'm ready to catch it. Let's okay, it. here we go. Was this the worst? This isn't like an indecent proposal no, kind no, of thing. No, like, no. You're not going to get me in trouble with the wife. You know me so well. You know me so well already, but no, it's not going in that direction. We're going to head south a little bit later, probably okay. in the program. Okay. But uh, is this the worst weekend in Florida sports history? And was it indicative of 2020? You might remember, you and I, I think, may have even talked on the air back in October about how. It might have been the greatest. I think it was October 4th, the greatest day in my in South Florida sports yeah, was, history. Was really, that really was good. a day where October 4th, the Miami Heat won game three of the NBA finals. Yep. Staying alive. Staying alive. The Marlins had just come off the How beating the Cubs. Now? How about that now? How about that is right. The Canes were 3-0, and and they had just pummeled uh, Florida State 52-10. Right. And the Panthers, although they had lost in the playoffs, had just come off of, of a, their first playoff appearance since 2016. If you and, were to tell me that South Florida sports was going to be playoff bound on all fronts before the weekend now, before like before this past weekend, right? I would have been like, you got to be kidding me, man. Especially after the wonderful present we got, the regalito, the, the, the cadeau in French, for all of you that speak French out there, the cadeau, <laughs> uh, which is a present. Uh, for all of you out there that, that would have been told that the Miami Heat are going to be making to the NBA Finals, you would have said absolutely negative Ghost Rider patterns full. But again, Marlins, Heat. How about that? And especially teams that were on like a five-year rebuilding schedule. That's right. the crazy part about it. So you're asking me if this was one of the – I guess you could say the most um, – I think we already had like our, our denouement. You could call it the denouement. The denouement, everybody that's a reader and reader of books, you know, the denouement, everybody knows that you have the peak, and then when it starts falling down, that's the denouement. And I think we might have hit that denouement this weekend. Man, are you a renaissance man or what? I'm a, I'm a jack of I, I'm not going to lie to you. I read the thesaurus on the way over there. You know what I mean? I was like looking for definitions of big words, and I, I, I went a little hard on it, yeah. Well, we went from October 4th, yeah. where all that was happening, and then this weekend, the Canes get annihilated. North Carolina, 778 total offense. And they just scored 40 minutes ago on the way. I tell you, these yeah, guys are way, yeah, the, When you got out of your car, they had just scored and again. Once again. Yes, 554 rushing yards. I mean, Carter, 308. Williams, 236. I mean, you know, the Dolphins intercepted Mahomes. The defense looked great. Three interceptions of Mahomes, but you lose. Beautiful interceptions. They like were one down on the goal line. I couldn't. I was just like, man, these kids are balling. And that's the reason. And I'll never forget this. I went up and I sat with. Uh, I went and met Tom Garfinkel years back when he first came into office. And then I sat with uh, who's the one that came from the Jets? What was his name again? Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum. So I went and sat down with Mike Tannenbaum for a while. Spent the day at the facility. Had a conversation with him. And uh, I don't know if he was like looking for a friend in the media or what his this situation was, but I think he wanted to talk to somebody who understood football, not like a beat writer, not somebody who was like an armchair quarterback in high school, like somebody that really knows the game of football, uh, the stuff that goes on behind closed doors, the locker room stuff, the stuff that you're not going to hear about. Uh, plus that can basically take coach speak and understand what the hell's going on, where they're dodging every single question you could possibly get asked. They're giving you the vanilla answers and it's typical coach speak. So Mike brings me in, sits me down, and he's literally flipping his whole computer screen around. 
his draft stuff, what he's looking at for next season, all the different wow, like, all all the different formulas that the Dolphins were using at the time in terms of players being injured, how many plays they're getting, who's fatigued on their system, who's not fatigued, what they're looking for, who their opponent that they're going against is, and how they played against certain players and body types. So I got to learn a lot about the game administratively that I really never understood from being behind the face mask. So hearing Mike Tannenbaum talking about going after long defensive backs because that's the way that the game started molding itself, and you're seeing directly why they were going long in the, in, in the wonderful interception down on the goal line where you got a six-foot-two defensive back that can reach up and make it look deceiving for a quarterback like Mahomes to go ahead and think he's got a wide-open wide receiver where now you got about an extra eight or nine inches of arm length, leg length that can go ahead and get up a football. Yeah, well, that's what happened with Xavier Howard, man. Those a few extra inches he got up there oh, yeah. with that one hand. Amazing. I mean, he's got the skills of a of a wide receiver. He really does. He really does. He's a great player. He's always been a great player on this program. The problem is, is can guys stay healthy? That's the one thing. And then now, especially with the COVID situation and positive and and and, and false positives that are going around the NFL as well, it's it's a very, very, very strategic tiptoe walking on glass kind of time period right now and I think that the sooner that this season gets over with and I might be partial because the Kane season is basically over with but the sooner that the NFL season gets over with and we find a way to go ahead and implement different you know vaccines and, and protocols I think we'll look a lot better next year well you know I am so excited about this show Brett because as I said prior you know this is a show where Again, we show we're showing man the you know i don't want to talk politics here but democrats oh, we're, we're gonna get into that eventually but 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 democrats and republicans here we're showing that a gator in me yeah. and a cane in you can actually coexist can't we all just get along man like we're, <laughs> we're really i think we are really going to get along uh, to be perfectly honest with you aside from everything that we've seen in the last eight or nine months of turmoil whether it's political race driven religious whatever it is I think that people have learned a lot about themselves, their neighbors, uh, teammates, to be honest with you. A lot of guys that you wouldn't have a conversation with in the locker room, I imagine that that isolation that they probably felt the last eight or nine months being together um, has been beyond anything that I could have experienced as a player back in the day. So I think a lot of people learned a lot of lessons over, over these last nine months. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, I learned this weekend with my Gators getting in, losing in an embarrassing. Oh uh, you know, it, uh, resulting in a 15-yard penalty that really, at the end of the day, Lost that game, I think, for the Gators. Yeah, I think it did, too. Obviously, it gave those guys life, you know, gave LSU life. Um, I, I've seen it happen firsthand on many occasions. I watched Richie Incognito throw somebody's shoe across the <laughs> football field on, on more than one occasion, yeah, actually. Boy, yes. uh, my boy Richie, he's a, he's a spark plug now. But, yeah, I've seen that happen and, and actually not even get penalized for it at, at the NFL level, not even penalized for it. But uh, I don't know. I'm, was it a stupid decision by that young man? Of course it is. It costs his team. It costs his school. It costs a lot of money. Like if you're looking at the difference in terms of pay structure between those championship bowl games and a regular bowl game, it's millions and millions of dollars. So I could imagine he has a lot of, of embarrassment right now. I know he's got a lot probably on his shoulders, but I, I feel like it was really ticky tack. 
of really? the referee to, to call that call. I, I found that was ticky. It's it's interesting. BS. It's interesting to hear you say that because that was sort of the message that, that Coach Mullen, the Gator head coach. Oh, really? I didn't even of, hear what he had to say about Yeah, it. he kind of said afterwards what was part of the play is kind of how he framed it. I, I don't understand why. <laughs> was it wrong? Hell yeah, it was wrong, but. You're telling me you're gonna you're gonna make a game changing decision, and again, I might be partial because of the Ohio State thing, but that that falls along the same kind of line, maybe not to the same kind of severity, but yeah, that that that's a rewind button for me. That's a sensitive subject, man. When you're telling me that a guy wearing a striped shirt is going to determine and give another team another opportunity to go ahead and have some life, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, well, then then up in Gatorland, it got worse. As we saw our maybe the the SEC Player of the Year oh promoted God. as Player of the Year, uh, Keontae uh, Johnson. Good job with the name. I know that's a difficult one. <laughs> yes, it, it is. It is very difficult <laughs> for me, as you know. Almost you pause on the last name Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> of all names to pause on, Keontae wasn't an issue. Yeah, that's like Keontae. obviously rolling off the tongue. Yeah, but the Johnson is what. Well, got I you. hear a lot of Keontes these days, of but course. not Johnson. I don't hear no, very often. But but uh, but no, what happened to him in that game? And then there's a lot of questions. Well, you know, he did test positive for COVID a month or two ago, yeah. and and now he's on the court and he goes down in that fashion. I've been reading; we've all read stuff online about you know what could possibly happen with athletes that suffer from COVID and yeah. come back and play. It's a big pulmonary issue. I I know that they en ended up extending a lot of the protocols. Like uh, the average man or woman that goes back to work doesn't have to go through stress tests and a bunch of physical different tests, pulmonary tests, uh, oxygen level tests. It's just basically if you get the double negative, you're allowed to get inserted back into society. So uh, when it comes to an athlete who's facing that type of exertion and you don't know as an average person walking around how much your body can handle or how much it could handle in the past. So I, and I'm being out of the game now and obviously in a lot worse of shape than I was when I was playing. Uh, I understand that. And I, me being a former heart patient and that kind of thing, I understand that whole situation is dangerous. And the NFL has actually changed their whole protocol when it comes to players and and, and getting that annual physical uh, that before you apply and, and show up at the facility. You have to go through a bunch of different extensive heart situations. Well, um, I, I know, Brett, Brett Romberg, people are going to want to hear your take on hurricane football yeah, let's not and the future. Long. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. But, you know, Sean, I don't know if you know this, but our good friend Sean Stanley, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m., hosts Square Circle Digest. Now wrestling fans have a place to call home as Sean covers the very colorful world of wrestling. Tune in every Saturday from 9 to 10 on the home of sports fans worldwide on SideRadio.com. You're listening to Romberg and Korg. Take on side radio, your home for sports talk that's everywhere with the my tuner radio. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Com. I was trying to get him to get a wrestling show for a side radio.com anywhere yeah. by downloading the my tuner radio app. Oh, in your Look, we got some questions. But I think he should, but I think if he does a wrestling show, he should be required to wear full, yes. full onesie. I right. want that one. Oh, there's no doubt. I need him in his onesie. <laughs> that would be a horrible situation, too. <laughs> Maybe we should comment that when we come out. Oh, definitely. Hey, Matt, I think there might be one more gift for your mom right there. 
It hasn't been a normal year, so this Christmas, get her something extraordinary during the Lexus December to Remember sales event. Nathan, you didn't. With flexible financing and 0% APR, there's never been a better time to buy or lease a new Lexus. Merry Christmas, baby. Are you kidding me, Nathan? Did you seriously buy a car without asking me? <laughs> well, I know that lady. For Christmas. This is a major purchase. Right? But it, it was I know her. a December to remember. It's a Lexus. We don't have the money for this, Nathan. <laughs> we don't? No, we don't. Your father doesn't. Your father hasn't worked since last March. What? Yeah, COVID has hit a lot of people hard, and I'm no exception. Nathan, you got fired in March 2019. <laughs> nothing to do with it. Hey, pal, I guess your old man's busted. Mm. It's beginning to look a lot like savings. So get to your local. What a great commercial! Today. How much did you spend on this ridiculous? That's our commercials. Car, it was only 39.99 to its signing. Four grand. It's not that much, babe. And how much is the monthly payment? The what? <laughs> this entire car costs four thousand dollars. Uh -huh. There's a monthly payment. Yeah, but with the zero percent APR, I think it's all good. APR? Do you mean APR? I'm pretty sure it's APR. Wow. Just wow. Hey, come on! It's Christmas. This is good. I did a good thing for us. Let's enjoy it. Dad, it's nine in the morning. So, not like I have work later. <laughs> come on. Hey, hey, neighbor. You bought a Lexus? You come to me three weeks ago. Oh, Mike, help me. I need money. I can't buy Christmas gifts for my family. My wife doesn't respect me. I didn't say that. My wife's cheating on me with everyone. Mom, you are? I want to look cool in front of my son's girlfriend. Ew, Dad, is that why you Hey, do you know when uh, we're coming back? I've had this forever. 21. Yeah, no, like 21, I know, but but is he going to cue you when coming back? Okay. Alexis? Yeah, well, it was beginning to is look like savings. At my local Lexus dealer. They I want my money back, man. <laughs> Tomorrow. Hey, Kathy. Oh. What is that look? You know what? We're taking this car back to the dealership now. I better go. Maybe we stop by Jenna's. Just cue me. Over. Show us cool car your dad got, huh? Shut up. Give the gift of Lexus and definitely talk it over first. 20 seconds. Oh my god, that was a good four six two three. Here's Austin Robillard. Welcome back to Romberg and Corge. Thanks for joining us on our inaugural show. If you want to get in the conversation, give us a call 888. 441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. You can always text us 844-416-8123. So, Brett, let's talk a little, Canes, because I know people are going to be interested in your take on they the game. They want to hear me bitching. They want to hear me They want to hear you bitch. But but yeah. here's my my thing. 8-1 coming into the game. Was that a mirage? I mean, was were we... Thinking more it, it of wasn't as validated as a couple of years ago when we beat Florida State. I mean, not Florida State. Uh, Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame game in the Virginia Tech game. Yeah. Even that, I feel, at some point in time became a facade, somewhat of a mirage, especially after getting our ass handed to us by Pittsburgh. 
uh, after eating a lot of turkey up there in Pittsburgh on a violent game that obviously Pittsburgh was the more violent team than we were. So in terms of like getting, I guess you could say, uh, uh, how can I put this politely? Well, hell, we're on internet radio. Right? I don't even need to put it politely. So you care polite. It, yeah, F it. Who cares? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very perturbed. I watched that game uh, from the beginning. From the beginning, Coach Mack had his players beating our ass. And I don't know if it was the underlying story that the guys from ABC told about Manny Diaz getting fired at the very beginning of this game. I've never heard some type of monologue being talked about. And I was in color analyst work. Like I, I was on television and I've never heard another coach having like a storyline. And then all of a sudden talking about the opposing coach on the other sideline, firing him because of an upset loss to a Utah team that rushed for 350 or whatever yards it was on Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz's defense back in the day. So I was like, wow, they're really going to put Manny out there like that, right? And then and then the 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 broadcaster ended up trying to cover his ass by saying, you know, no, he's he's there's a lot of respect across the way. There's there's no real bad blood. There's a lot of respect, but I ima I imagine Manny remembers getting fired by that man on the other side. And I was just like, wow. I, like, I heard that. I'd never been taken aback by some kind of story, an underlying story. But that stuck with me. And then once I started seeing our, our guys get their ass whooped physically, um, there was a lot of guys running onto the football field in that, that color of theirs, that white and whatever. I don't even know what Michael Jordan calls that color right now. Some kind of blue. Right. But I, I really – Carolina Blue probably might seem to be the right name. Yes. Um, but I've, I've never seen, like, enthusiasm – so much enthusiasm to beat our ass before. And then obviously, you know, the turning the U upside down thing that, that showed up relatively soon in that game, which, which really boils my blood, to be honest with you. But I, I thought that it was just a poor performance all the way around. You know, actually the upside down U, I'm kind of surprised we don't even actually see it more often. And, and the reason I say that is not out of disrespect for the U, right. but it's, you know, players from the U when they score, they usually do that, right? So, so you would might expect that to occur um, in the opposite fashion, but I wonder, was this game really just an outlier? I mean, was it just a flat team that came out? Your experience as a player, that happens sometimes, right? Not like that, though. Not, not like, like that. Yeah, not like that. I, I feel like we showed our true colors, to be honest with you, and then Manny's going to go in there and, and obviously take all the blame. Manny will take all the blame for that one, whether it's not getting your team ready or not physically being ready or physically aware or mentally tough enough to go ahead and play. But all that is, again, that coach speak that we're talking about. I'm not interested in Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz didn't put a helmet on. Manny Diaz didn't call any plays. Manny Diaz wasn't out there blitzing against anybody or working against the left tackle. No, it's the kid's job to do that. And when I say kids, I, I consider these guys kids. You know, If I'm going to speak to them, I'll talk to them as young men. But I really do consider these guys kids. And, and they're learning the hard way on when you do want to take a playoff, when you think that you could just roll your helmet out there and take off your jersey and lay it on the field and show them what the, the, the logo on the side of your shirt says, you know, I feel like they still over there, they still just don't get it. They still do not get it. And I'm not going to be the old man, get off my lawn. I'm not going to do that. But they have a couple players on that program that are legit players. You got Phillips, that is really good. Roche has been kind of up and down, but a pretty consistent other side of the yeah. defensive side of the football. Um, our linebackers have sucked. Our uh, well, I don't know what 
did they hand out did adidas hand out cement shoes i was trying to figure this thing out did adidas have cement soles on their <laughs> shoes because i watched our guys get embarrassed by like very stocky <clears throat> thick 235 40 pound running backs that normally you shouldn't be getting stuck in the mud like the way that they're getting stuck in the mud for and for all you dolphin fans out there the reference i can give you is you remember when rob gronkowski Looked like he was stuck in the mud against us, trying to pick up that interception, falling all over him. Right. That's what I'm referring to. Like yes. our our athletic, explosive defensive back slash safeties looked horrible. They looked like offensive linemen, like pig on ice. They were horrible when they opened field. Yeah, it was tackle. it was ridiculous. I mean, Bad. some plays these safeties were coming up, and then just the the running back was just running right by him, one move and horrible. by him, putting his foot in the ground and just heading north and south. And then there was one particular play down on the goal line that I was watching. It was. It, it was a three-on-three -three kind of coverage, and people understand the, game, the the play that I'm talking about. It's a three-on-three -three coverage, and it was a roll to the right-hand side, and it was basically just like a handoff keeper, ultimately what it was. It was an RPO, and all of a sudden, our safety lined up like eight yards in the in the, in the the end zone, not even crowding the line of scrimmage against another guy. Like He literally was giving eight yards of cushion into the end zone, and of course, the guy's going to gain four yards before he even meets you, Right. so why the hell not run the football over to the right-hand side? It was just it was isolation football, making guys go three on three, and it was a clear call by the offensive coordinator. I just I couldn't believe it. I, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it's it's so all the a lot of the talk now is Manny Diaz, and yeah. is he the future of the Hurricane program? And and I think somebody's head might roll. My take is maybe it's the defensive coordinators. Uh, um, yeah, well, again, you got to look back, you know, in, in the in the history books, and and there's usually shit runs downhill. There's a pecking order as thing goes, and but the only difference in situation here is Blake James, the athletic director, stood on the table for Manny Diaz and had to go collect almost with a church plate money from you know the big time boosters at the University of Miami in order to compensate Rutgers to bring Manny back. Whereas if they would have paid Manny two days, three days earlier. An increase in salary before Mark Rick left, Manny would have been the next man up as the head coach at the University of Miami without having to compensate another institution and ultimately give Manny that big boost in money because Manny obviously had their heels to the fire when it came to that kind of contract. Right. So they obviously ended up getting like a pretty big swing where paying Rutgers like the four mil just to bring Manny back and then to give Manny a bigger deal than he probably would have earned if he was just the next man up when Rick retired. That was a lot of money. And Blake James literally had to go to all of the boosters and say, look, guys, we need to bring him back. We have something special on defense. Our defense knows it. And aside from that, a lot of the players were going to elect to leave once Manny left, whether they were going to follow him over to Rutgers as a transfer or just basically elect to go to the NFL. So there was going to be a catastrophic loss at the program if Manny didn't come back as the head coach. And the athletic director and the university knew it. So that was a bad situation. So I feel in this case, if Manny's out, you better believe that the AD is going to be out too. So that's going to be a tough, that's going to be a tough concept to swallow at that point in time. Is Manny could probably look at him and say, "I'm gone, you're gone." You know that, right? Like right. That's the situation. Yeah, I know. I think it, it seems like the defense is the area that's really been weak. It has been. It has been. And what's sad about it is the fact that, you know, Manny has had the liberty to go back and put a lot of his energy back on that defense. Now right. that he has Rhett Lashley as the offensive coordinator, where you can leave Rhett alone. Because yeah. Rhett is, is a head coach in the making. He'll be a head coach in the next couple of years. Trust me on that one. So imagine having your offense now. You could go ahead and get rid of it because, let's face it, Manny was trying to learn offense 
last year. Right. And, and being able to go ahead and balance both sides of the football along with being a head coach, it's almost impossible, especially when you got guys jerking around in the quarterback room. You don't know who's high, who's showing up to practice, who's not going to be able to be on the football field. I felt like there was probably more players in a worse situation last year of not even being accountable than there was this year with the COVID protocols going on. With a lot of guys testing positive for, uh, for, for, for COVID, I felt like this year was a more uh, responsible uh, mature football program than it has been in the past couple of years. That's one thing I could definitely tell you guys. And I, I feel like it was almost an embarrassment on what Manny had to put up with last year with whether it was Enos's quarterbacks, wide receivers, basically that offensive side of the football was a giant shit show. It really was to be yeah. perfectly frank. It was a horrible situation for everybody. Dan obviously was the, was the fall guy. You had to be, you know, if you can't get your guys in order in the room in order, you have to be. And then Mark Rick's son, being the quarterback coach, you know what I mean? Like with no experience. But they're going to say that, you know, Mark Rick's son was a Buffalo Bills guy. He picked guys up from the airport. That's what Mark Rick's son did in right. terms of experience. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a different situation over there now. A little bit more mature, more a responsibility. But still, the leaders aren't there. The leaders are not so, there. But, you, but you've seen that step up from yeah. last year to this year, I did. right? I saw that in the beginning of the season, and I saw guys – practicing with a purpose and learning how to practice with a purpose as opposed to last year it was just like a whatever free-for-all and then this year the practicing with a purpose they got a little smoke blown up their ass at the very beginning of this thing the first couple of weeks and they thought that they were the shit they thought that they were really good they couldn't get beat right and um and all of a sudden that arrogance and that cocky attitude started looking at nfl prospects where am i sitting in the draft get my social media game up you know that kind of thing the the, the plague that is the modern day millennial football player Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, and that does not bode well. No, no. Do you think, do you think Ed Reed's um, presence on campus has, has been part of that change from last year to this year, you know, in terms of the, the, the seriousness of some of the players? Um, unfortunately, I don't think Ed has as much involvement in the program as people think he does. I think this was more of a, a figurehead kind of move thing. You know, I think this was just like a poster guy, to be honest with you, uh, unfortunately. And it's a shame because a guy like Ed Reed with his resume, his protocols, his his NFL Hall of Fame status, his knowledge of the game even to, to kind of almost be muzzled. You know what I mean? Like, don't I, I don't we don't need your we don't need your enthusiasm. We don't need your critiquing. We don't need your advice. Just you be Ed Reed and we'll just, you know, wave and smile and kiss and shake hands. That's about it. And I think with the, with the championship pedigree that the University of Miami has, I got to think, and I'm curious of your opinion about this, that some of those guys coming back to campus has got to have a positive effect on these 18, 19, 20-year-old kids when they see greatness right in front of them. They do, um, but I feel like we're being so far removed at this point in time. Like We're almost two decades away right now. So um, they'll see the names and the pictures on the walls and the rafters, much like I did when I showed up uh, for a lot of the big-time greats. But I feel like that mentality of what it takes or what it was to be a Miami Hurricane is the, is the problem, and it's not, it's not there. But what's the solution to that? I mean, is there, is there a solution to it? Is it bringing some of those players back? Is it, it, what is it about the culture? Is it just that it's been so long since they've had that championship pedigree at the U? Well, unfortunately, I think that they were on the right path 
to doing that. Manny had the right idea, and then the whole COVID thing hit. And then once that hit, we weren't allowed to be anywhere around these guys. So aside from NCAA sanctions, uh, aside from not being able to take anybody out to eat or have a conversation with them, uh, the COVID thing really put a damper on on having our presence felt at the University of Miami. Yeah, I uh, probably right. I mean, it's been a crazy year for everyone. I mean, we talked about it in the first segment. You know, we yeah. went from a great weekend two months ago to a horrible sports weekend in South Florida. Now, so so we'll see. But you know, in the next in the next segment, I want to talk a little bit more Canes because I heck, I got Brett Romberg sitting next Let's do to it, me. Man. Let's get so, it. but I, I'm wondering, Manny Diaz, is the job in jeopardy, or or what are we going to see? What is that next shoe to drop? I'm not sure, but I do know this. We got to switch over. Well, we're switching over. You're listening to the Romberg and Cord Show right here on Onside Radio. News. Millions news. of real Americans are 35. Sports Max is the clock, right? Hell, not a big deal. Yeah, no, it's okay. Now, a lot of mainstream sports networks like ESPN are saying that the Jets have not won a single game this year, that they're 0-12. Which is very interesting because the truth is the Jets have already won 11 games this season. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, take us through that. Yeah, no problem. This is my this pleasure. Is a now, the Newsmatch, you know, Newsmatch. So, this is their spin off sports match. Sounds like news. a done deal, right? No, and not so fast. Let's take a look at the numbers. If we dig in here, we'll see that after the first quarter, the Jets were winning the game 3 0. But then something very suspicious happened, right? Suspicious. Okay, the Bills start getting all these points out of God knows where. Either the Jets want treated nothing or this whole game is rigged. <laughs> Finally, a network that understands that real fans don't give up on their team, no matter what. Sports Max gives you inside analysis from Jetsports, DeLuca, and Del Vecchio. <laughs> now, it's being reported that on November 29th, the Jets lost to the Dolphins 20-3. Lost? Says who? Well, I mean, that's how they scored it. Oh, who did it? Who did the score? The NFL. Oh, the oh, NFL! Oh, okay. Listen, <laughs> I have in my hand right here. I love that guy in the right. Sworn yeah. affidavits from 500 Jets fans who swear they witnessed the Jets win. Well, I'm tell you something. There's 8 million Jets fans out there. 8 million! They have nothing to gain by lying about this. So wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're going to tell me. He's joking. Eight million hard-working fans that the Jets didn't actually beat the Dolphins 90 to nothing. Hey, I, I would never do that. Yeah, because you're smart. Hey, you're going to eat this? No, you can have that one. All right, All right, let's look at this logically, okay? Okay. Okay, only okay. a really bad team His would only score three off. points in a football game. And the Jets are the greatest team ever. So something's not adding up here. You see, the whole house of cards collapses. Long story short, Look, world the Jets Sportsmax does football your way. All our rebroadcast games are guaranteed to end in a Jets win. Barrios. Players on our network never kneel for the national anthem. We've made sure of that. And on game day, be sure to check in with our team at Weathermax. <laughs> Guys, the weather couldn't be better. 
better here at MetLife Stadium. Sunny and 68. A beautiful day with some Jets football. And tune in this Sunday for our SportsMax special crossover event. The New York Knicks. Uh, 100 years of nothing but greatness. greatness. With self-appointed Knicks historians Rico and Chicky Sticks. Now, a lot of people say Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, or maybe LeBron James. But if you look at a random sample, say of the four days in 2012, it's clearly Jeremy Lin. That's right. He's the greatest of all time. It's why he's the new face of Space Jam by Smuckers. The insanity never stops. Sportsmax, this is going to work. Oh my god. Oh. Will you cue me when we're on? Tommy? Okay. Well, you can trust the Publix is doing everything possible to help. Our stores continue to be open. We're busy restocking as quickly as we can. But please remember to think of others as you shop for the week ahead. This will give your friends and neighbors the opportunity to get what they need as well. Our supply chains are strong. Deliveries are being made throughout the day and our associates are here every step of the way. It's not always going to be perfect. We'll probably break on time here, right, Tommy? Yes. 48. Let's be safe. Let's be calm. Let's be kind. Visit Publix.com for all the latest information. Welcome back to Romberg and Korg. To reach out to the fellas, dial 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's Romberg and Korg. Oh, yeah. Get who's back. In the house. Welcome back to Romberg and Korch. Thanks for joining us on Onside Radio. So, Brett, we were talking in the last segment a little bit about the Canes. And, and so the question is, we're hearing in the media all day today, Manny Diaz, they're calling, some people are calling for his head. And I don't really see it. And I want to get your perspective. I'll tell you why before you get rambling on this, because I know you will. <laughs> But I, I don't really see it. I see a lot of growth from last year. They were, you know, whatever, five, six, and seven last year right. after the bowl game. Uh, you know, they've had, a, a all by all accounts, a pretty successful uh, season. Yeah, granted, they lost big to Clemson, and, and that was sort of embarrassing, but it was very embarrassing on Saturday to North Carolina. But the one thing I did see last year, they'd lose, or in the last several years, they'd lose badly to a team like a Clemson, and then the next week lose to a team like Pitt, right? right. Yeah, they would They would basically fold up shop. They'd, they'd fold really up would. shop. Yeah, and, and that didn't really happen this year. I see a lot of growth, um, you know, on the team. I think they're recruiting well. You know, the win, the loss on, on Saturday probably isn't going to help their recruiting much, I imagine. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, nonetheless, they are recruiting well. I don't see Manny's head rolling. I don't know. I don't think so either. Yeah. I, I really don't. I, I don't think it will. Number one, you have the built-in COVID excuse. For, for any university or institution to go ahead and fire their head coach when he's been dealing with this all season, aside from the fact that, you know, the record at the University of Miami is, is a pretty decent record right now. Although we're not getting any respect, which I don't believe we deserve at this point in time, to be honest with you. You can't lose like that 
to, to University of North Carolina. You can't lose lose like that in like record breaking fashion, you know, and having two running backs basically just free for all run all over town. I heard a joke that somebody said that they didn't even elect to take the bus back to the airport. That they just decided that they were going to run back to the <laughs> airport. So that's how bad it was waking yes. up on Sunday morning. But yeah, I don't think Manny Diaz's job right now is in jeopardy. It was a bad loss. There's no doubt about it. Uh, were they prepared or not? I don't know. I obviously wasn't in the building. Clearly, they didn't look prepared. They weren't ready for whatever hit them. It was simple, basic power football. Uh, we haven't seen power football in a long time where you, it's, it's just old school power O's, pulling guards, pulling guard and tackles, just run it down your mouth. And if you can't stop me, then it's going to be a long day for you. The clock is going to go quick, and we're just going to continue doing so. He did test us a couple times deep. Obviously, he had a couple balls that he threw out there that were really, really nice, had great timing with his wide receivers. But it really was those two-headed monsters in the backfield that really just demolished our will. So uh, Manny Diaz, I don't believe his job is going to be in jeopardy, to be perfectly honest. I don't think so. Uh, I think they obviously have to go back and regroup. And the reason why, let me give you a reason why I don't think Manny's job is going to be in jeopardy. Our 2021 class is amazing. The guys that we have as of right now, and, and again, right. I'm not like a big look to the future kind of guy, uh, but as it looks somewhat on paper right now without having the, 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 the ability to go ahead and decommit situation, which everybody loves to do nowadays. Um, I think Manny and his staff has done a great job recruiting, recruiting the crib, basically trying to make the crib great again, convincing the local talent to not leave and stay home and make something great about the University of Miami. So he's got that going for him. He's done really well in the transfer portal as well. You think about some of the players that he's added, whether it's the Derek Kings, which is ultimately all we got. If you if you really look at our team, if Derek King or or anybody in his circle gets sick, it's over with. The University of Miami is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, um, yeah. self-admittingly by a lot of players, to yes. be honest with you. So Derek King did a great job for this university when we didn't think we had one. And then, uh, obviously, Quincy Roche replacing Russo, who ended up leaving. We thought we were going to have something astronomically dominating on that defensive front. And then when Russo announced the day before season started that he was out, that really hurt. And if we didn't have Roche and if we didn't have Phillips, actually, as well, who is an uprising star in this program, uh, I, I think that we would have been in a world, a world of hurt. So Manny's done a good job. Uh, at recruiting, uh, being the face of the organization, and and I feel like finding key players, uh, I think that he's done a decent job. But now it's about getting leaders and depth and guys who care, like really guys who care. That's the issue that I think I'm looking for. Well, I, I wonder this, that, and I've heard it for now two years from my friends that are big Canes fans, and many of them say Blake Baker. And they mentioned the defensive coordinator. And I know he's been on the hot seat. Yeah. You know, I, we heard it all last year. And now the conversation, although we didn't hear it as much this year, because by all accounts, they were pretty successful this year. Yeah. And we saw growth from guys like, like Phillips, as an example. Yeah. So, um, so I wonder, maybe his job in jeopardy? What do you think? Yeah, yeah I think so. And I, I was alluding to it before in the other segment where, you know, that poop runs downhill. So the athletic director, the head coach, and then all of a sudden, if I can't fire you, then we got to make some heads roll. We got to make it look good now to the people. So uh, whether that's the fans, the alumni, the, the, the current players, but how is Manny Diaz going to point the finger at Blake Baker, that is the, the, the defensive coordinator, when it's basically Manny's concepts? This is all Manny stuff. So whether it was the execution or the lack thereof, He's going to have to fire a buddy or a pupil 
or part of that tree, which is sucks, uh, but it has to happen. It's happened in the past at the University of Miami, um, and you see teams and programs come out swinging after doing that kind of thing. So uh, I would look to I would look to Manny probably, and I don't ever want to call for a coach's head. I think that's I think that's poor taste because that man has to provide for his family. But head's got to roll. It's the it's the nature of the business, and I think that when you get to that level at the D one Division one coach football level. Uh, you understand that your, your your family basically is like a moving circus, and your job is only as good as the two years that you're kind of guaranteed in the beginning of it, and and that's how it works. And that's especially nowadays where nobody's basically uh, cemented into their current position. Yeah, get in the conversation eight 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 four four one forty six twenty three, or you can always text us at eight four 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 one six eighty one twenty three. Here with uh, Romberg and Corge on Onside Radio, so. Uh, last thing, do you think a guy like Phillips looks at this game and says, I'm out of here, I'm going to the NFL? There's a lot of times that you saw the 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 facial expressions, the body language where you know, you're know you ultimately doing the one-man dance over there. I, I think that he's going to have his ability to be a leader on this defensive front, uh, especially might even be the whole defense when it comes to next year. You know, I think this guy this year will be cloud. And even giving these guys a bunch of passes about, you know, giving them another year of football to play, I feel like Phillips uh, will definitely put that C on his shirt next year um, if he decides to anyway and uh, and and move forward that way. And then you got to be big concern too as well with the bowl game situation. Are these guys going to be planning to go bowl game? Like the COVID, the travel, getting ready for the NFL. Yeah, I wonder. Get the hell out of town. Like yeah. That, that's a big question mark nowadays. Yeah, I wonder some of these lesser bowl games, if they're even going to happen this year. What's the point even? I know, especially if the school is not really even getting compensated that much kind of that much money. You know, it, it's it's a tough decision for guys to put that uh, on the docket. Yeah, it, it really it really is. Well, listen, if you want to start your morning every day at 6 a.m. with great sports, it's got to be 4th and twenty. With Toast and Marsh, you remember Toast, the old uh, Paul yeah. Castronovo man. I used to, I used to be the guest on uh, on that show for for him and Paul years ago when I was in college, when I was at UM, and then uh, and the old Gator story where I was almost suspended for that Gator game because Paul Castronovo made a bet with me uh-huh. that he wasn't allowed to, that I wasn't allowed to. I thought I was going to be sneaky, and we did it on air. And uh, I'll get into it when we come back. Well, yeah, let's let, yeah. let's talk a little bit about that yeah. when when we yeah, come we got back. A short one on the other end of this so yeah we'll get into but that. it's fourth and 20 with toast and marsh the boys cover all local sports stories while providing some great miami hurricanes insight download subscribe rate and review the podcast fourth and 20 6 a.m to 8 a.m only at onsideradio.com come to sushi maki i'll make your egg what rolls are they called come here dragon roll it's on fast forward baby when you're at Sushi Maki, pick up your local South Miami news. Locally owned, buy local, shop local. Welcome to Sushi Maki. The sixth Sushi Maki that opened is opening in a very special place. Here on the corner of 67th Avenue and US 1, mom and dad opened up Canton 40 years ago. I love family businesses. I'm not getting a prostate injection. Roll on, roll Make sure the roll on, roll Alan, am I doing okay? Spicy tuna salad. My suggestion: bring a bunch of people, get a little of everything. Deep fried Oreo cookie. They've got outdoor seating here. They've 
Is that, was that the Sushi Maki that was on Lincoln Road? What was the one that was on Lincoln Road? Uh, right at the at the corner. Uh, the hell was it? It was it was right on Lincoln Road, right at the first umbrellas. Or no, that might not have been Sushi Maki. No, know. Sushi Maki. I know there's one in Coral Gables, right on uh, on Ponce, a couple blocks uh, south or north rather of. Uh, I've never been of Coral Way. I've never been. It's pretty good. Sorry. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. And I think Sakura is another one. I used to go to Sakura a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped up, baby. Grant tells the whole world. Grant Miller here. I can't get Let freaking Rebecca. She, she eats sushi, but I could eat it town. every day. Outdoor seating. Oh, yeah. Come get some gourmet She's burgers. Like, no. Got over 40 you know, beers. You know the actor Jeremy And when you clutch burgers, yeah. got, pick up your got, newspaper uh, right here. What well, one we never closed, so that was pretty clutch. That would have been kind of busy if we did. Brilliant marketing. We came up with clever ways to generate revenue. Bingo, bingo, Every time you wear this shirt to clutch, Brilliant burger marketing. Place? Burger, so damn Why is it every time we see Grant Miller, he is eating? I'm jealous. I want that job, to be honest with you. I'll take that job. I'll be 310 pounds for sure. <laughs> How much are you weighing now? Like 258. That's a good weight for you. Yeah, I lose about 10 more. I'll go down about 10. and I'll be yeah, I need to lose about 10, man. It's not going to happen, though. I think I'm going to put on about another five this holiday season, and then I'll just call it a day. Look at this. He sleep. says, your board ops, an idiot, had me on hold for two segments. Call again. What? Oh, that's what and no one answers phone. Sorry, dude. Shit show. It's a shit show. <laughs> or is he saying the show is shit? No, he's saying it's Let's a Let's ask that question when we come back. Is the show shit or is it a shit show? <laughs> because I'll take the shit show. But if the show is shit, then I got to obviously step my game up. Shit. You wait till I come in here three sheets to the wind. That's when it's going to get real interesting. What? When I start drinking. Oh, that'd be great. Absolutely. Get my eggnog. <laughs> Your eggnog. Bring you got some potent eggnog? Yeah. If someone were to call, how are we going to hear that person anyway? Good. Well, it'll be through there. But then you're going to just up the audio there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I could, I could dude, I'm going to bring in my uh, my road thing, my roadcaster. You're going to be like, oh, so cool. Just oh, I button. love that. Just touch the button. You have no idea. And you see all the stuff I gave him. Uh, I, I got some great. Granada sports. Golf Course. Rain or shine. I have some great sound bites. Hey, everybody, Grant Miller here. No, no. no. By the way, Burger Bob has been here 27 years, and Bob served the Marines for six years, so he is one bad. Welcome to Burger Bob. He's been here 27 years on beautiful Granada Golf Course. I was going to say 26, Bob's and then Bob comes on and right says 27. Here. Newspaper <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Baby, all right, Grant just goes around to get lunch all day long. That's what he does every day of the week, just goes around, looks for lunch. He does. He I'm gonna does. do that too. I'm gonna, hey, 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 I want, I'm just gonna get some dude to give him a camera. Follow me into this restaurant, real yeah, quick, exactly. Hey. And it doesn't have to be a big camera anymore, no. it can just be a little camera. Use you your walk cell around phone nowadays. I, I'm due, I'm supposed to go get my, my new iPhones. I gotta get my new phones. You getting a new phone, one Do of those them. iPhones? Yeah, the new 12s. I'm gonna splurge. Spoil yeah. myself. Well, the, the the phone I lost, I found. I told you. Yeah, right? that's it, crazy. Isn't that crazy? That thing was. You thought that thing was long gone. And and it's funny because 
Rebecca, and I would I didn't even know that that Tootsie's was open up and that couch was <laughs> I didn't know it was even there. Remarkable. Yeah, I want to have the girl on the woman on who's suing Nevada. That I think that's a great one. I think we do. No I doubt. think we need to have her on 100 percent because that's sort of a sport, right? Of course it is. It hits all the boxes. No pun intended. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right. You want to put that up so I could we could hear it? Oh, we're just on, on. Yeah, he just said go. Let's do go. it. Well, here we are back with Cordrum Ronberg on Onside Radio. Thanks for joining us. Here we are. Thanks for joining us. It's Ronberg and Cord, the Ronberg and Cord show. So we were talking uh, Kane football, but I want to I want to pivot a little bit and talk Let's the pivot. Dolphins. Because Who? the Miami Dolphins, man, I mean, it's been a long time and it, it just it just seems coaching. It seems like it's to me no expert on sports. You are. I mean, is it just about the coaching? They yep. the the atmosphere, the whole the whole thing has changed in a in a second, it seems like man uh, man isn't different. Man's pretty much the same. You might get the same talented, you know, four or five guys on every football team that'll make a difference. Um X's and O's really haven't, they're not reinventing the wheel when it comes to football. There's only so many plays that you could perform and, and execute. Uh, it's really the coaches and their preparation and preparing those lazy asses, the 53 guys that are on a roster, those lazy asses, and making them understand the importance of Sunday and having the minimal amount of mistakes you could possibly make. The, the laziness is one thing. You'll never get lazy anymore because you're, you're lazy, you'll get fired. You're like You'll never be screwing the pooch basically on the plays. What you will be doing is having a mental fart and not understanding what the hell is going on and being like, oh my God, did I, oh, I missed that. I remember seeing that in the play. And you only need to be showed things once throughout the week. Like you really, it's, it's like a kid, you know, you only meet, you should only be need to told once. Did, I, did that make sense? You should only <laughs> need to be told. I forgot that one. For, you should only need to be told one time. I yell at, I yell at my kids all the time about that. I hate repeating myself. Don't make me repeat myself. You get older, somebody has to tell you twice. It usually means your ass. Like you're, you're not, you're not, you're not gonna have a job anymore. So uh, you have to take that same mentality in the NFL. And if you're extremely gifted, they might have to tell you two or three times. But if you're like the guys like me that really had to work hard to, to stay on an NFL roster, sometimes um, you can't make that same mistake twice. So I think that mentality, that Bill Belichick mentality of uh, here's your shot, kid. Don't f it up. You got one opportunity. Make sure you do what you're told. Make sure you're on time. Don't cause a penalty and don't get anybody hurt. And I think the more you become accountable during the week when they want to put you in and you're ready to go, that's another thing. It's like, you know, that, that, that there's no such thing as luck. It's the, uh, the preparation meets opportunity theory. Um, I, I think that the coaches make that massive difference. And obviously coming from Bill's tree and, and not putting up with BS and still being a somewhat fun young coach, I think it's a great recipe, especially for those Dolphins, younger players too. You know, I, I think if you look at it, I played against Flores. Like he played for Boston College, so we actually really? played against each other. Yeah, I didn't know and that. So that gives everybody uh, an idea of the age. Right. So, so he's pretty relatable, especially to the younger football player coming in. So, um, and he's very well spoken. And you saw that dog come out in him at one point in time when he got really pissed off, especially when the media members ask him some stupid ass question that they're trying to bait him. He's not an idiot. He's clearly intelligent. And he gave a reporter one time, and I don't even know if it was like Armando Salguero or somebody, and he literally looked at the guy and he gave him like a three-second dead stare to be like, man, if I had my helmet on right now, I'd really whoop your ass. 
but I can't because I'm a head coach of an NFL football team right now. But you get the look that I'm giving. So he, he's still got that dog in him, which is really cool. Yeah, it, it is. I, I tell you the thing that impressed me yesterday, you take away that third quarter and the Dolphins defense put a hurting on Patrick Mahomes oh, yeah. and that offense. I mean, it was impressive to me how good our defense has gotten. I think I think a lot of guys really deep down in, in, in their soul, they know they're going against the reigning champions. They know they're going against a special football team. But like I say all the time, unless you're dealing with like the elite Tom Brady, New England Patriots at their peak level where it's going to be a long day for you at work, by the way, uh, if you're playing against the Patriots. But I feel like nowadays you got players that are really talented, probably on an equal scale as the guys across the football. And it's just a matter of how they're utilizing those talented players chest-wise. So Andy Reid, obviously a genius, finding a way to put Kelsey and, and Hill and, and Mahomes and, and everybody else on their, on their roster of talented players and great positions to create great plays. Well, well said, my friend. Very, very well said. Miami Dolphins fans, tune in to OnsideRadio.com's post-game show with Big O after every Dolphins game. We'll take your phone calls, answer your texts, react to post-game sound. Now, Miami Dolphins fans have a real place to react and connect after every Dolphins game. The radio home for Miami Dolphins fans worldwide is right here. OnsideRadio.com. You're listening to the home of Inter-Miami CF. This strike is a decent one. It's firing in the top right. Yeah, right. For Inter-Miami. OnsideRadio.com. With a passion for La Rosa. Where did you get the, the lightning bolt theory? What's your theory Great on the news, line? Miami fans. Body Armor is proud to be the new official sports drink of Major League Soccer and Inter-Miami CF. It doesn't matter if you're a player or a fan, Body Armor sports drink will hydrate time to take a piss, right? yeah. electrolytes, antioxidants, and no artificial sweeteners, flavors, yeah, cool. whether you're at home or in the starting lineup, Body Armor sports drink will hydrate you from Very kickoff cool. to the final whistle. Body Armor, now the official sports drink of Inter-Miami CF, available at your local Publix. Are we on live now or no? We're good. This is this. Hello, Inter Miami CF fans. Download the Drink AR app and play inside a first-of-its-kind virtual soccer stadium hosted by Bodega Trevento and Inter Miami CF and celebrate your passion for soccer from the comfort of your own home. Find the download links on our Instagram account at Treventus and get our wines delivered straight to your home with a discount for all Inter Miami CF fans. Discover Trevento, a shared passion. Keeping you informed in the world of sports. With an onside radio.com sports update. Legendary Liverpool manager Gerald Houllier has passed away. The legacy he leaves behind in the world of soccer will never be forgotten. Many describe him as a true gentleman and great man. The Kings will be playing in a bowl game coming up, and with that comes players that potentially will opt out of the bowl game. Luckily, Manny Diaz said that no individuals at Miami have made any decisions about opting out of the game. Clippers assistant coach Chauncey Billups and point guard Reggie Jackson were not on the bench in the first half. The Clippers said that they were considered excused absences under the league's health and safety protocols. Florida basketball star Keontae Johnson is in critical and stable condition after collapsing on the court. The Southeastern Conference preseason player of the year was transported to Tallahassee Memorial for evaluation after collapsing during a game against Florida State on Saturday. 
The Cleveland Indians are dropping their nickname. The New York Times confirmed the report after numerous rumors surfaced late last night. They'll keep the name until the end of the season. And tonight at 8.15 Eastern, the Ravens travel to Ohio to face the Cleveland Browns. Both Cleveland and Baltimore are coming off some solid wins, but that'll have to change tonight. The Browns are plus 140. And Heat basketball returns tonight with a preseason matchup against the Pelicans tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Heat are minus three and a half. With your onsideradio.com sports update, I'm Benjamin Cure, and you're listening to the only locally owned sports station in South Florida, onsideradio.com. this with all this sizzling meat and crunchy veggies nestled between toasty flatbread who should get credit for papa john's new papadilla the person who invented pizza or the person who invented folding well whoever it is a tip of the tongue hat to you sir or madam get a new papadilla four flavors just six bucks each better ingredients better pizza better than a sandwich papa john's Hey, it's Big O. Catch the Onside Zone daily from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. No better place to get the insight you want on the teams you love, from the Dolphins to Inter-Miami and everything in between. Hey, it's Orlando Alzigari. Listen, podcast, stay connected to the show that bleeds South Florida sports every day from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. only at OnsideRadio.com. I'm Ryan Seacrest. First responders are people who stand for a greater purpose. They will be there for you when nobody else is, to help you, your family, your community. This is their selfless promise. This is their sworn duty, to protect, to serve, to help. They put themselves in harm's way for us. They come to the rescue at times when we need them most. First responders are making enormous personal sacrifices to keep showing up for us and fighting the good fight. Nearly 70% of all firefighters are volunteers. That means when they get injured or quarantined, they may not have a way to pay their rent or keep their family safe and fed. No matter who you are or where you live, when you call 911 and ask for help, first responders show up now. Let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. It's time for Romberg and Korch. Start your evenings with two guys ready to break down all the latest sports headlines in South Florida. Reach out to the boys dial 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. To connect by text, it's 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Now let's go to the show ready to rock your evening. This is Romberg and Korch. On Onside Radio. Let's rock some evening here, Brett Romberg. Thanks for joining us for here on Onside Radio, Romberg yeah, and Corge. So, so you heard it during the break tonight. Starts the Miami Heat season. Man, it just seemed like the season ended yesterday. That's got to be a tough turnaround for you. And what's funny is, uh, I, I live in Miami, the area like Pinecrest and Gables and that kind of area right there, and. And, uh, and again, I know it's like getting near basketball season again, when I see Dion waiters riding his bike around, <laughs> really? I, I, yeah, I just, I know it's that point in time. So, and that brought me to like a whole other dis, like discussion matter here. Are you an, are you a walker? Do you walk? 
when you do things? Like, are you an exercise walking kind of guy? Or are you a running guy? Are you a bike guy? Like, what kind of no, guy? No, I'm more of a swimming bike guy. Okay, so you're like non-impact kind of thing. Yes. Got it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an old guy. <laughs> yeah, by the looks of things, so is Dion Waiters, man. This dude. Really? Oh, my God. When I watch him ride his bike around, sometimes I'm just like, come on, man. Because he's, he's never riding by himself. He always got like three or four dudes riding with him, which is weird. But he's got all of his like, you know, weighted vests on. And I can understand, you know, a professional athlete wanted to go ahead and just add some extra weight. But Dion looks like he doesn't need any extra weight right now to add on, to be really? perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, he's always had that kind of like cliche about himself, you know. Uh, but that brings me to like my next thing. On the way into the studio tonight, I passed like three or four other like normal citizens, like civilians that are walking with these weighted vests. Really? And I'm I'm guessing that they're not training for military, and I'm guessing that they're not training for any type of marathon, or they're literally just walking the streets with vests on. So, what is the big freaking deal with the goddamn weighted vest? Like, it pisses me off to the point where I'm just like, I want to roll my window down and be like, "What the hell are you doing, man? Do you really do you really need to carry around eight extra pounds? Yes. Just eat more before you leave the house, for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Like, honest to God, how much can those weighted vests really be? 15 maybe a 20 spot you know what that is someone somewhere it's all marketing right someone marketed that it's like and, that goddamn peloton bike that pisses me <laughs> off too boy and i'm not gonna lie to you my wife actually asked me the other day she's like uh she's like have you seen uh or she asked me she goes do you want one of those it's that like wall gym thing i'm not talking about the one that like folds up it's like literally like a giant mirror on your wall i don't know about this oh my god this is things like next level um it, i don't even know how much it costs but it looks expensive and when it looks expensive i don't want it like, right and if my wife is asking me about it i sure as hell know it's expensive all right automatically so it's basically a mirror that's got to be like very similar to the one that's in the studio right now where i'm guessing if i'm going to give you the measurements 24 by 48 could okay. possibly be it but it's a screen and you can actually very similar to a peloton have a personal trainer on it that shows you how to do your workout and your exercises and he does your workout with you basically and he shows you how to properly do technique and it's basically cables that come out of it so you whether you're doing wall cables bench press uh pull downs whatever there's all kinds of different contraptions that come with this thing but it literally is the size of a mirror on your wall it's incredible but it looks super expensive i don't know well, about it well, you know, I, I was thinking about it the other day. I mean, I probably should have invested. I don't even know if it's a public company, but Peloton stock. Oh, when COVID started, I mean, you got to figure that it's it's probably next to impossible to even get one of those well, things. I now. knew the minute that I went looking for a set of dumbbells, like uh, I wanted the pyramid dumbbells. So whether you're going to go from the two and a half fives all the way to whatever, 45s or 50s, 55s, whatever that pyramid was. Yes. And there was a backlist on them like delivery four months from now i've heard that crap and uh and i actually made a phone call over to the head strength coach at um and i'm like hey man i know you guys got some badass really good weights in there are you like do you got any in the back room that you want to go ahead and like let me have or i'll buy them or whatever just some used rubber dumbbells and he goes i'm not gonna lie to you we've been looking for two months too we've been trying to buy dumbbells too and we just we're on a back order list and i'm like you're the freaking university of miami you're on a back order list too right now <laughs> after watching you know saturday's game i understand, understand why they're on the yeah, back order I mean, list that yeah might, it makes a lot of sense is that vinny scalvo by any chance no it's Vin, vinny's the vinny's the head trainer trainer yeah sports I, trainer I'm, I'm thinking like the weight room guy the head uh weight room guy yeah. i always thought with a name like vinny scalvo maybe you know there's a little mafia connection 100%. there 100 he's people buried all over the dude yard <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind 
Well, the heat season starts today. Yeah, excited about that. Seven o'clock tonight. It's right now, actually, right? It's starting Pelicans. right now as we're as we're talking here on Corge, uh, Romberg and Corge. Sorry about that. Romberg and Corge. I'm ambidextrous. You can go any way you want to go. It don't matter. <laughs> well, as we're talking about that, yeah, they're they're tipping off. It's a first preseason game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. Um, really cool. And is Zion playing? Like, what's the story? There? I think he. He's I think he's got to be right. Be. There's no ailments or anything. He, he should be playing tonight. It's the it's, first round for everybody. Well, let me ask you this about Zion. When I see him, I see kind of a a chubby guy. I mean, he just looks. It's, it's the face. It's like I have the same problem as Zion does. No matter how skinny I get, like I got down to two and a quarter at one point in time. Really? People were telling me I look like I was suffering from AIDS. Like Tom <laughs> Hanks, Philadelphia. Like they thought that I was really like deflated. But yet I still had a fat face. So no matter what, and the camera is probably not doing me any justice either. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 bad. Like I have the fat face syndrome. A lot when of you were when you were a kid, and they and your mom maybe took you for that Sunday suit. Did you have to go to the Huskies boy department? <laughs> now you're now you're gonna now you're gonna maybe go back to psychiatrist. Now. <laughs> yeah, now, now, all those years that I've suppressed those horrible memories. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I did have to go to the little fat kid section. There's yeah, no yeah, me too. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I, I was a fat kid. You know, my my reward for hitting home runs was a giant bag of sour cream and onion ruffles. So shout out if Ruffles is looking for a sponsor. Uh, sour cream and onion ruffles and a Slurpee. That was my reward for hitting home runs. And then. My dad got tired of having to buy multiple bags of chips because I would score more than once. And then, and then you know, they'd be like, hey, come on, Rom, pizza at home plate. And, you know, it's like they were like, antagonizing me. But if you think about it now, you go to jail for stuff like yes. that. Like, you make fun of a kid, you're going to give him a complex. But yes. I, 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 I loved it. I, I, any food I'm, I work for food nowadays. So I'm, I'm basically willing to well, go ahead and get Grant Miller's job. Well, you know what? I, we, I came in here one day when you were doing, and here being at Miami Community Newspapers, yeah. when you were doing a show and there was all sorts of food buffet. on the table. I, I would, what, what was that? There was, there was power pizza here because uh, I never had power pizza before. Uh, there was also our better hot dogs where they brought all the different kinds in. Right. Uh, legendary hot dog place on Bird Road here in local Miami. And uh, then there was Clutch Burger. They brought their stuff in. So imagine he brought about five or six different burgers in. So pizza, hot dogs, and burgers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? Oh, the ice cream store is here now. <laughs> the ice cream. So then That's it was right, the, the ice, ice cream, cream guy came here. In yeah. And I was like, holy smokes, man. I just, I'm, I'm just getting, I could hear myself getting fatter. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was great. No, but you're in, you're in great shape. Now, it's always amazing. You know, it always amazed me how NBA players get fat after they retire. And NFL players seem to get thin after they well, retire. Well, it is the common theme, especially now with O-linemen, because a lot of O-linemen, uh, smooth interlude into the young man that's from the University of Florida, the basketball player, a lot of NFL offensive linemen suffer from some serious heart issues. They have pulmonary issues, whether it's obviously high blood pressure, uh, really bad cholesterol, uh, and a lot of guys go undetected. And that was the case with myself as well. I went undetected for years. Uh, once in a while, I remember them telling me, nah, your cholesterol is a little bit high, but I think you're okay to go. Your BP might be a little high, but you're okay to go. And literally the, the, the year that I retired from football and I was going to go back and play for the Titans, I ended up having the Widowmaker. I, I ended up having the three stints put in and wow. I was like 96% clogged and the three arteries. And, and, they, and then shortly thereafter, one of the guys that, I was, that was in my draft class, I believe he went to the University of Illinois and his name might be Pathos, if I'm not mistaken. He died of a heart attack a couple of years ago. 
Wow. I left behind wife and some kids. And his wife uh, was one of the main voices for former NFL wives to make sure that the new guys and the guys that are exiting the game are going through a more extensive uh, test when it comes to their heart and the situation going in their heart. And and not just an EKG is what they used to just give us. So right. now they're actually doing stress tests and they're doing the dye situation where they're really trying to do some angioplasty type style premeditative work on, on a guy's heart. So, and I think that's now going into the, the collegiate ranks as well. I think they're going to be starting to, especially with the COVID and especially with guys coming off of COVID, uh, they're going to be paying a lot more attention after that young man from Florida fell onto the court. Yeah, and I'm and I'm really concerned because hey, Keontae Johnson. I mean, a a, a great prospect for the NBA. Yeah. Obviously, the Gators' top top player, and you know he suffered from COVID. He's in and now they transferred him to a hospital in Gainesville today, but he's still listed in critical but stable condition. How do you go about? How does that? How does that work? Critical stable. When you're critical but stable, it, it sounds is that basically like you could die at any moment, but everything's okay right now. Is that yeah, like I don't know. It's, it, it sort of means to me, which I, I hate to even say this or think it, but it sort of means to me like we've stabilized him so your family could come and say so goodbye. It, is, that's what I'm thinking too. It like might be like he's being kept. I don't want to speculate, obviously, yes. but like it, my, my dad was in that situation, critical but stable, which means the machine is keeping him going right exactly. now. Exactly. Like he's, he's not coherent. He's, he's probably in a medically induced coma or something. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to speculate. He, he is. It's reported today he was in a okay. medically and induced yeah, coma. Like, yeah, that's not good. That's no. not good, man. That's, that's, that's a sad, sad situation. When was the last time, aside from Eric Spolstra, obviously witnessing a guy dying on a basketball court? Uh, everybody knows that story down here. Uh, when was the last time that somebody had something like this happen? Obviously, prior to COVID, but but when was the last time that there was a player, a professional athlete, dropping dead in competition? But but Spolstra was is was that a, in the collegiate level? Yeah, that was a collegiate. Yeah, level. Well, I remember you know uh, the Celtics great. Uh, I think he was the first pick in the draft that year. Len Bias from Maryland back in the. I guess that was maybe the late 80s or something where he died of myocarditis. He had a heart attack on the floor and died uh, at the very beginning of his career with the Celtics. So, um, and all the NFL dudes back in the day that used to do blow before games, they never had their heart explode on the football. You know, or I remember, I remember Christ. as a kid watching players smoking cigarettes on oh, the yeah. sidelines. On the sideline, yeah, that was a common thing for football players to smoke. Yeah, cigarettes. yeah, I mean, it wasn't uncommon. So, you know, it, there's a lot going into it now. I mean, your body is your temple, and these guys are making big bucks, so they got to make sure that that temple is well, yeah. you know, well taken care of, right? Hell yeah. Well, we, we've gotten into the whole situation with the NHL, too, right? I know it's no secret that the NHL has some kind of drug problem going on right now that they're trying to go ahead and make sure they, they put a lint on. Um, when you have, I think it was something reported along the lines of 80-something percent of, of the roster testing positive at one point in time for cocaine, wow. which was like, okay, let's go ahead and take a look at what's going on here. Yeah, there, there, there's uh, – and, and I, I wouldn't say – you know what was really shocking, actually, uh, ironically, uh, speaking about you know coke and, and all the other good stuff in the world? Yeah. Um, people got to understand my sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> the steroid thing. People were always asking about like roids in football, and they just think it's like an automatic thing that, you know, big football players got to be on roids. Absolutely not. Like I literally, literally has, ne I've never seen steroids ever in the locker room ever nor have i ever seen a player inject himself with steroids of course you got the guys that do growth hormone and all the other things that are going on in the nfl 
But the Royd situation, that is so decades and decades ago. Like, when is Royds? Like, 90s? Is 90s like the era of steroids? It was. It was. I'm thinking like McGuire and Sosa and and all those guys. And, And when I first got into the NFL, they were explaining to us how our drug program worked, where it's almost impossible to take steroids and 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 get away with it. Um, you're allowed to have a two to one or a three to one ratio, which is clearly you're on something. Where Major League Baseball was allowing you to be a twelve to one ratio before testing you positive wow. on steroids. So yeah, the whole steroid you know story of, of football just really didn't exist outside of what was that Lyle Isado maybe was yeah the guy? yeah he that might have been the last yes one? Yeah. yeah he was bad. But I, I want to hear about that more. We're gonna talk a little bit more Miami Heat. I'm yeah, curious. Man, I'm curious to, to hear what your uh, take is on this season. Will we? Will we see them go as far as they did last year? Or, or was the bubble, did it favor the Heat in some way, shape, or form? Let's talk a little bit about that. But here our programming is expanding all the time on Onside Radio. Saturday, sports fans have a place to talk sports and gambling when the J-Rod experience takes over every afternoon. Tune in every Saturday from noon to 2 as Jim provides you, you the sports investment information you need to have a little fun on the weekends. That's a J-Rod experience, noon to 2 p.m. only at onsideradio.com. Home for sports talk everywhere with the MyTuner Radio Find the app at onsideradio.com. Hello, Inter-Miami CF fans. Download the Drink AR app and play inside a first-of-its-kind virtual soccer stadium hosted by Bodega Trevento and Inter-Miami CF and celebrate your passion for soccer from the comfort of your own home. Find the download links on our Instagram account at Treventus and get our wines delivered straight to your home with a discount for all Inter-Miami CF fans. Discover Trevento, a shared passion. Hey, it's Big O. Catch the Onside Zone daily from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. No better place to get the insight you want on the teams you love, from the Dolphins to Inter-Miami and everything in between. Hey, it's Orlando Alzigari. Listen, podcast, stay connected to the show that leads South Florida sports every day from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. only at OnsideRadio.com. You can connect with us at OnsideRadio.com by sending us a text at 844-416-8123. Save it on your cell phone, 844-416-8123. No better place to send your comments, ask questions, win prizes. OnsideRadio.com, the only choice for the South Florida sports fan. I'm Tiffany. I have some tips for you on how to quit smoking like I did. First, I did some reading about it. I found a lot of great advice on how to quit smoking and picked out the ways I thought would work best for me. I started by setting a quit date. Then I threw out my ashtrays, lighters, and matches. I did other things too, like exercising more, and it worked. But I'd still get cravings, especially on long car rides. To help me with that, I put a picture of my mother in my car. She died of lung cancer from smoking cigarettes when I was only 16. Now I have a 16-year-old daughter. That picture of my mother reminds me that I don't want to miss all the things my daughter is going to do in her life, including turning 17. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. 
Welcome back to Romberg and Korge. To reach out to the fellas, dial 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's Romberg and Korge. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. It is Romberg and Korge here on Onside Radio. Or Korge and Romberg. Isn't that what your wife texted in? She yeah. wants you to name the show Korge and Romberg now. <laughs> Whose wife is texting in the show right now? Unbelievable. Yeah, I thought you... I'd seen it all. The first night you got Mama texting in the show. Mama's showing text... support. She is Mama Bear, man. Good she takes her. care of the man. Please but... keep the text coming, by the way. Yeah, course, please. Because I, it puts a smile on my face. It I does. Love it. it does. You like that, don't you? I we... love it more than anything now. Well, we got a lot of we got a lot of people texting in. Yeah, and, we and do. Shockingly, one, one brought up the name that we were missing in in terms of the the guy that died on the court, Loyola Marymount. That would be Hank Gathers. Gathers, yeah. Hank Gathers. So uh, that was the the guy that I guess Spolstra. I didn't realize Spolstra was on the court with him at that time. But but so let's talk about the Miami Heat in this yeah, season. Let's do that. Especially uh, you right know, now. What, what's the score right now? What do we got, Tommy? What do we got going on? It was like 13-13, right? Last reported. 21-18. First quarter, Miami Heat ahead of the New Orleans Pelicans. But you wanted to get into the whole bubble situation, right? The bubble conversation. Yeah, I mean, I was I'm wondering about that because you know, the Heat does have a culture that's probably unlike any other team in the NBA, if not in professional sports. As as of right now, where they're sitting in terms of their ranking and how good of a team they are. Correct. Before I would have put like the San Antonio Spurs right there yeah. with the Popovich situation. Uh, there's only certain organizations that have that elite professionally run accountability status put on them. And, and I feel me being able to go ahead and have like, you know, ties over there with the Seattle Seahawks and seeing how cool that place is run. I've seen how the Patriots run. Uh, I've, I've heard firsthand knowledge from a lot of New England Patriot players on how that place works. Uh, also, the Atlanta Falcons, the Rams, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, in order to compare professional organizations. And I think the Heat are probably, if not the best, maybe just underneath the Patriots, to be perfectly honest with you. There's just something very special about that family, whether it's the way that you know the Arisons run it, whether it's Pat Riley and the Godfather, whether it's Eric Spolster, whether it's even the guys that are in the offices, the the Woolworths, and 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 um, who else is over there that that I that I know really really well. Uh, I just big, know Woolworth. Well. Big tall guy. What's his oh, name? Oh, you talking about Andy Ellisberg? Andy Ellisberg. Yeah, yeah. Andy Ellisberg. It's just it just seems like that family over there. Michael McCullough. Michael that's another, McCullough. That's what I was trying to think of another big guy, marketing genius. Yes. Yeah, he's like literally the the the, the Miami marketing team alone. With the court situation and 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 the Miami uh, the Miami uniforms that they've been altering, that really is my favorite organization in any league. To be honest with you, I, obviously I haven't met Mr. Moss and and what's going on with Inter Miami, but but my God, when you want to deal with a first class from the top all the way to the bottom, uh, the way that the media is handled, the way that the players are handled, I think that the Miami Heat take the cake. They're great. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, if I'm starting a pro team, I'm going to look at the Heat and try to replicate what they're doing. And what's ironic is Spo usually goes and travels the country to go find out what other teams are doing, whether it's Pete Carroll over in Seattle, whether yes. it's going to visit Belichick, like other sports, like not just going and finding out in their particular leagues and their expertise. They want to know how, whether it's the, the psychology of sport, how to handle certain players, whether it's the guy that they just paid a hell of a lot of money to. So I imagine Spolstra, and I'm just, you know, throwing a dart on a board here. I imagine Eric Spolstra 
probably had some consulting work going on when dealing with Hassan Whiteside and paying Hassan Whiteside over $100 million and wondering why the hell is he reacting the way he's reacting? You know what I mean? It's just like, you're kidding me. We just gave this lazy ass that came from the G League $100 million and what he doesn't want to work? What a shocker. Um, yeah, like there's stuff like that that goes on, the psychology of sports, So, which nowadays seems such, such more focused of a topic trying to understand the mindset of an athlete, whether it's because of the amount of money, um, emotionally. Now you've got professional athletes that are coming out and talking about dealing with depression. Like if you were to ask a, a person 15, 20 years ago who's getting paid $25 million a year, why are you so freaking depressed as you pull up in your, your brand new Lamborghini or Humvee or whatever it was back in the day? Like you got to be kidding me. That's You're depressed? So I, I think there's a lot of of, of, of nuances that are coming to the forefront when you're dealing with professional athletes and the mindset that they have. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think the, the heat, but let, let's, let's go back now to the heat. Am I so, getting off topic? No, no, no. I, I think okay. you're right on topic. Okay. I, 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 you know, I the drink, is that the problem? I think, <laughs> what time it's is it? It's about cocktail it's, time. Damn it, it's well over happy hour right now. I know. Happy, we need to have like a six pack of something like Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson has like a six pack of them green bottles waiting for him everywhere he goes. Lucky fella. That's my spirit animal. <laughs> that is your way. Maybe we'll put a little in the studio, a little fridger, refrigerator in the little corner. Beer fridge for yeah, sodas and stuff. I think so. Yes, sodas. Soda. Yes, sodas. Soda. A little bar in here. But but do you think the a trip to the finals is pie in the sky for the heat this year? I mean, are they that good? I'm just not mm, quite nope, sure. I don't think so. I think I think we need we need another piece. We need I another do piece. We need one more piece. And I'm wondering if the new fellow that they just drafted is that piece. Uh, I know we needed a little bit more out of Bam, some type of uh, a new facet of Bam's game, which clearly he was escalating and peaking at the right time. The one that really kind of fell to the wayside was the one that stole the early phases of the playoffs was Tyler Hero. Yeah, that's that's the see. That's what I wonder. That's what I wonder, Brett. I wonder, is that third play? Is that other superstar there? We just he hasn't quite got to that level. Is it Tyler Hero? Is it Bam Adebayo? You know, we're still dealing with the early parts of their career, though. And this is one thing that I never really understood because I didn't know the game of basketball um, was how players develop and get better at certain angles of their game whether it's three-point shooting or developing a shot off of the dribble or being able to play in the post. I just thought like once you get to the professional level as an NBA player, you are what you are. Like you can't really develop new avenues of your game. You can't change the way that you play. And judging by what I've heard on how Eric Spolstra converted LeBron James's style of basketball, I started paying attention more and more to how, how they can adapt and how they can really develop certain parts of their game. So I heard a stat today that something like James Harden averaged 13 points in his first three years right? Uh, as an NBA player. So yeah. you wonder like how, how, how impatient we are to watch a guy that just shows up on campus as a 20 year old kid who, who blew the world out. I didn't say that right. Uh, who blew the doors <laughs> off the world as an NBA heat player. Uh, I'm getting profane here. Um, blew the doors off the world as an NBA heat player, whether it was, you know, the smoke show girlfriend he had, uh, whether it was draining threes, his drip wearing like ridiculous outfits, his arrogance, his, 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 his intestinal fortitude, his competitiveness. And the fact that he had Jimmy Butler, the leader of the team right there with him beside him and, and, and basically holding his hand and letting him go. Like it was, that was probably one of the most impressive things for me was watching that camaraderie really come to the forefront 
in that bubble. And and I think that like you were mentioning during the break, I don't think that I don't think that the Miami Heat, if everything was apples to apples and there was no COVID last year, I don't think the Miami Heat would have gotten to the NBA finals. I really don't. I, I think that the Miami Heat would have probably gotten to the playoffs and then would have been out. But due to the fact that they're so well managed, they're so accountable, uh, the organization just holds you to a higher standard. I think that that environment, they really did thrive. Yeah. You know what I love about doing a show with you? I, I get a, we get a perspective here that's different than anything else I really hear on radio here in South Florida. Certainly. Oh, thank you. And it's because you're an athlete, you have a different sort of mindset with it all. But you're saying you think the Heat are still maybe one big player aside. We had George Gonzalez that texted in asking, is is James Harden that player? What do you think? I'm not a big James know, Harden no. fan. It's that, that lazy style of basketball that yeah. he displayed in Houston where it was just like, you know, running gun threes all the time and no defense. That's just not that, – that's another part about this thing is like the Heat have a certain culture. They know what type of player they want. And they, like and almost got mocked and laughed at when they picked the last couple players in the draft whether it was Duncan Strokinson or Tyler Hero. Right. Both have excelled and played very, very well. And if you were to look at those guys on paper, no, they didn't have the monster uh, publicity that that some of the other more attractive players might have had. But you better believe that they're Miami Heat culture. They're waking up and working out. They're playing hurt. They're finding ways to come in there every single day, give everything they have, and be sponges and not have attitudes and not be the – the, the Ben Simmonses or or the Joel Embiid's as a young NBA basketball player with a serious attitude problem, that's going to clash with a lot of other players in the locker room, which again, nowadays, that's another focus, is how does that player operate within the locker room off of the basketball court? Because they would rather have a guy that doesn't create turmoil or animosity or any kind of ripples in the water off of the court because these guys spend a lot of time together outside of basketball. So um, that's a main focus in organizations as well, regardless of sport that they're playing. So that's a, that that dynamic exists when you played oh, yeah. football in the at the, the, the professional reason why level. the reason why I think I got brought back my final year in Atlanta was uh, they had they had other uh, other options to come in and play center. They really did. They had other options, but they knew that I was a really good guy in the locker room. I had my own PA system where I had my speaker and my microphone, <laughs> no, and I would no. rip everybody, and I would make songs. <laughs> Uh, I would run around naked, very similar to the stuff that I was doing at the <laughs> collegiate level. I would, uh, I, I was a chameleon, man. It was I, the I was, Romberg show in it, the locker room. It was, room. it really was. There was stuff that I would do that, God, it would be, I would be so arrested nowadays. <laughs> and I'm talking like, like throughout the media, like, like in front of people's eyes, like the stuff that I would do. I, I was, uh, but I, was does a, that keep I was it, an exhibitionist. Did that, does that, does that keep the team loose? Does 100%. it hundred percent? Right. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It's just once in a while you do need that, that break. You, you do, you need a giggle. You need a chuckle. You need to be reminded, um, that, uh, at the end of the day, it's a game. You're getting paid to play a game. It, it, it really, it is a fairy tale world. It it's very highly compensated. Everything is handed to you on a silver platter. Uh, but you have to not take that for granted and be reminded that you're getting paid to play a game. Well, there's other guys out there digging ditches and you're getting paid to play a game. Well, we're going to talk about that and a lot more get in the mind of the player through the very, uh, our very own Brett Romberg here on Romberg at Corge on onside radio. But remember it's a scary every place, by the way, Andy, you, 
I'm telling you, you got to show me ID before you get in this thing. It, it's a scary place. <laughs> it is. It is. Every Saturday at 11 a.m., soccer fans can connect with Austin Robillard and Red Card Radio from the premier ship to MLS. Catch up with your favorite team, including our very own Inter Miami CF. Listen to Red Card Radio every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon with Austin Robillard exclusively on OnsideRadio.com. You're listening to Romberg and Korge. Take Onside okay, Radio, your home for sports talk everywhere yeah, with yeah, Tuna Radio app. The app at OnsideRadio.com. Can I get a, a captain? Oh, Are we on now or no, right? We're, we're not on audio or, or visual right now? Or, or... Captain Morgan, official partner of Major League Soccer. I'm Ryan Seacrest. First responders are people who stand for a greater purpose. They will be there for you when nobody else is, to help you, your family, your community. This is their selfless promise. This is their sworn duty, to protect, to serve, to help. They put themselves in harm's way for us. They come to the rescue at times when we need them most. First responders are making enormous personal sacrifices to keep showing up for us and fighting the good fight. Nearly 70% of all firefighters are volunteers. That means when they get injured or quarantined, they may not have a way to pay their rent or keep their family safe and fed. No matter who you are or where you live, when you call 911 and ask for help, first responders show up now. Let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that moment in time, her life changes forever. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. Hey, it's Big O. Catch the Onside Zone daily from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. No better place to get the insight you want on the teams you love, from the Dolphins to Inter-Miami and everything in between. Hey, it's Orlando Alzagari. Listen, podcast, stay connected to the show that bleeds South Florida sports every day from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. only at OnsideRadio.com. At Baptist Health, we are ready. So, sir, to treat. To safely proceed with your procedure. We're ready for ER visits and office visits with skilled surgeons. Advanced medicine. And multidisciplinary teams. We're ready for new arrivals. And new recoveries. We are ready. We're ready to diagnose, treat, and manage anything that comes our way with exceptional care and comfort. With the same preparedness and compassion you've come to expect from Baptist Health. And we are ready. We're ready. We're ready to care for you. We live in challenging times and we understand You can trust the Publix is doing everything possible to help. Our stores continue to be open. We're busy restocking as quickly as we can. But please remember to think of others as you shop for the week ahead. This will give your friends and neighbors the opportunity to get what they need as well. 
Our supply chains are strong. Deliveries are being made throughout the day and our associates are here every step of the way. It's not always going to be perfect, but together we'll make it through this. So let's be safe. Let's be calm. Let's be kind. Visit Publix.com for all the latest information. Welcome back to Romberg and Korge. To reach out to the guys, send a text to 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Yeah, I'm going to preface this segment with Romberg and Korge on Onside Radio. Enjoy. <laughs> Are we ready to rock or what? We're ready to rock. Welcome back to Romberg and Corch. Thanks for joining us here on Onside Radio. Can I do like a quick little stop and interlude here? You could do whatever you want. Number one, we're going to warn everybody that uh, this isn't your mom and pop kind of radio thing here. Like this is like for real. You might get a little, little, I'm not going to drop an F-bomb. Obviously, I'm going to be slightly reserved when it comes to that kind of thing. But uh, the SH words and that kind of thing, maybe a little ball talk once in a while. I'm not talking about sports. That's going to happen. You know, yeah. I mean, depending on uh, depending on how my weekend went, but uh, but I want to get into something a little bit different. I want to talk about really quick, not long, just a quick little. No, thing. let's talk whatever you want to talk about, Mister uh, Romberg. Shout out to uh, by the way, happy Hanukkah to everybody out there that was like experiencing Hanukkah. We had uh, we had Rabbi, what was his name, Baker, that was in here the other day. Yeah, uh, no, what's his name, Tommy Harlick. Ah, Ra- Rabbi was in. That here was Harlech. close. Yeah, <laughs> Baker and Harlick, you know, two peas in a pod. <laughs> it sounded Jewish, did it not? No, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's possible, but happy Hanukkah. Um, Christmas cards. What's the deal with, like, <laughs> honest to God, what is the deal? But what is going on with freaking Christmas cards, man? Why do people stress the hell out? Hire photographers, put together a nice little Christmas package, go to Shutterfly, panic because it might not get here in time, and then all of a sudden send out these Christmas cards. And now my mailbox is getting flooded with your family's Christmas cards. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I, I thought you were complaining about somebody personally about doing. Oh, my wife's Christmas card. Yeah. Of course, I do every year. <laughs> now she good. just knows that I'm not involved. I, I'm I'm not getting in a photograph. I will not do. I will not do Christmas cards anymore. So if you want to do them, book the kids. I'm not doing it. And uh, and, and but literally, I have to help get the kids ready to go ahead and do the photograph thing. But but uh, but yeah, the whole all my buddies when they text me, especially the ones from Canada, because they got to ship it a long time ago. You know, right. And uh, they're like, what's your address? I said, don't worry about it, man. Send me the picture in a text. I'll tell you Merry Christmas right now. I don't need your goddamn card up on my <laughs> wall. Because my wife likes to tape all the cards on the wall. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, I don't want <laughs> yes, you to tape yes. my wall up. But all of yes. a sudden, I got the kids yanking the tape off, and it's peeling my paint. Now I got to do touch-up work. Yeah, now you're now touch it's up more man. work for me. Yes. I'm not interested in that. It always, always, Everything always ends up with more work for us. Always. But mm-hmm. I love at the beginning how they preface it with, we got to do this, and we got to do that. I look at my wife, and I say, you're Cuban. You ain't French. So there is no <laughs> we. There's no You way. don't speak French. <laughs> you don't speak. There's no we. It's, so I got to do this. Right. By the way, that might be part of uh, our show as well as me bitching about my family life, which is probably going to happen just about every single day. Uh, well, I'm probably right in line with you on that one. Although I'm at a stage in my life where, you know, my kids aren't little anymore. Lucky you. So, <laughs> so we're a miserable bastard in the holidays or no? No. Yeah, but you know what? It's a trade off. I mean, well, yeah, my kids want dolls. Your kids want cars probably, right? Well, no, it's not just, it's not just that, but it's a trade-off. So, so when my, when your kids are older, guess what? It's going to happen. You're going to be older too. I'll be dead by then. uh, Well, don't say that. I'll be, I'm telling you, I'm shooting, I'm shooting, I'm going to, my family tree, 
borrow time, baby. Really? I'll, I'll be on borrow. By that point in time, how old are your kids now? You said over 20? Yeah, they're over 30. Oh, God, no. I'm I'm sideways by then. I'm dirt napping <laughs> by then. There's no doubt about it. I'm taking a dirt nap by then. I'll be long gone. Yeah, my, wife is my wife is probably going through. She'll be already have gone through my insurance policy at that point in time and uh you know might be on her third husband <laughs> who, who knows <laughs> who knows who man knows? i'll be long gone though i'll be long gone well I, i'll give you my take on the on the uh, uh christmas cards now we're in a society where where everybody is sending notes via the text mm -hmm. or or everything's digital i i get ticked off when someone sends me one of those electronic Oh, so you uh, would Christmas rather cards. have the tangible cards. Yeah, it means they care a little so bit So what do more. you do with it after, like, say, December 26th? What happens? I throw it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, what am I going to do with it? Save it? It's like flowers. Yeah, you exactly. want to get started on flowers? Exactly. <laughs> it's like buying flowers. <laughs> Let's go ahead and spend $100 on flowers in order to put them in the trash because they stink five days later. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Just give me the $100 and I'll light it on fire right now. Shout out to all the flower makers out there and distributors and you know trias flowers and those guys i apologize you know why did you learn spanish so well exactly i got tired of all the cubans in town talking shit about me really? <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you i got talked behind my back so many times because and then everybody knows this story about me where when you come from canada north of the border there is no cuban venezuelan puerto rican colombian dominican that doesn't exist you're mexican like if you speak Spanish, <laughs> you're Mexican. That's how freaking that's ignorant. what it means in Canada. That, exactly. That's how freaking ignorant it is. Um, and not necessarily on purpose. Like we're not trying to collectively be like racists. Right. We, we we just we just don't know any better. Like there's nine million white people up there and four Spanish people. Like I'm I'm being I'm being honest. Um, I didn't even know this, but I had a really good friend, and his name was Garcia growing up, and he was his dad was a doctor, he became a dentist. And he was a Spanish kid. I had no clue until I came to Miami. And then I went back home and I heard his dad speak Spanish. I was like, wait a minute, you're Spanish? And he's like, moron, my, my name's Garcia. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> no, now I'm putting it together. So I literally got tired of, of, uh, of going to Publix and ordering food and watching the ladies behind the counter scatter because nobody wanted to help me out. I made a gringo eso. And then they like go the other way. They'd be like, look at the, look at the, uh, mira Americano, bam, let's go, let's go the other way. Cause the American guy. Um, <laughs> and then I just, and then I ha obviously I had Joaquin Gonzalez and his family. And yeah, cause you and Joaquin were, oh, still tight, still best friends. Still. We actually have our lunch on, uh, on Wednesday, our annual Christmas lunch at Garcia's. Uh -oh. Ironically speaking of Garcia's. Uh, yeah, we do our annual Christmas lunch there. And uh, we're going on Wednesday. What, what is that like? Oh, shit show. You want to talk? People, somebody wrote in that our show is shit or it's a shit show. But either way, uh, the, the Wednesday lunch is a shit show. It's funny, bro. It is. Really? It's the coldest Coronas in town, first off. And, and they go down like, Jesus, like, like, like mini bottles of water. And then the fish dip, the endless things of fish dip. Oh, I love that. The Garcia's. Yeah, it's yeah. over with. Yeah. And then we go crazy with the crack conch and the stone crabs and uh, the shrimp. And then we always like, you know, play a joke on who's going to pay. We do the, the credit card roulette where oh. we get the, the waiter to come on over, puts everybody's credit card in the front of his pocket, mixes them up. And the last one he pulls out is the guy that has to pay. And then we usually finish it off with a cigar or something like that and brickle. But I don't know this year. I don't know what the situation is going to be. And what is but that? we are going to do. Garcia. And so it's you and Joaquin. Who else? Me, Joaquin. Shirko usually flies in from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Bibla flies in from Pennsylvania. Uh, Johnny 
uh, one of the guys that's in town, a Puerto Rican dude in town. And uh, meanwhile, yeah, we're all speaking Spanish at the table, which is like the most ridiculous thing. You got a, a Russian, a Persian, a Canadian. It sounds like a joke, you know. What I mean? <laughs> These guys walk into a bar, um, but but it's it's freaking awesome. We look forward to it every year, especially when nobody has to pay for it. That's the best part about it. It's yeah. just when somebody else gets their card, you're like, oh, you're the lucky winner. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, that bill sucks too. It sucks. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have our annual lunch on. on and that and that's sort of a it's sort of like competitiveness amongst totally. you guys. Yeah, that's that's the that's, look. The one thing that I think the common denominator that everybody from that era, the 98, this is what I can speak for. Okay. The 98, 99 to 2003, we competed everything. It's the same thing that Pete Carroll implements in Seattle. They put basketball hoops in meeting rooms. And they're literally betting and gambling. And Pete Carroll will come in and grab a player. Okay, you make this shot. You don't have to do this. The defense has to do that. And that's the way that it's everything you do is in a competitive nature. So whether it's the bill, whether it's a fat loss competition that we always have with each other, which we haven't had in a couple of years, <laughs> um, everything, like everything's competition to the point where even Joaquin's Tire Company, Tire Group International, they have an incentive package that's based on the competing against different territory guys and percentages. And they, they literally have a board and you could go ahead and compete against each other. It's, it's putting people's business out there, but it's, it's a competitive atmosphere. And I think it makes that player either get the hell out or get in and get part of the action. You know what I mean? And, and, and basically there's no weak link. Everybody just fights and jockeys for position. So uh, it's a really cool competitive nature. Well, listen, that, that you said that's Wednesday coming. Yeah. Up. That's just Wednesday over there. Garcia's on the water. So, well, so Thursday or maybe when, no Wednesday night here at 6 PM, you could give us a little recap of what, oh, how that went. yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll be three sheets to the wind. I promise. No, I'm, I'll, I'll be sober by then. How about time is lunch? Oh, that's yeah. By you'll be done lunch by three. You'll be fine. Yeah, there's you'll always be, something that you can nothing, do. nothing to worry about. No, I'm not nervous. Well, listen, you want to catch a South Florida staple every afternoon. You do it right here on OnsideRadio.com. As Alex Dono hosts the Man of the Match, two to five p.m. Dono covers everything from football to football to MMA. Tune into one of the most complete sports shows in the country. With the man of the match with Alex Dono, 2 to 5 p.m. exclusively at onsideradio.com. Keep it going. Keep it going? Why not? Okay, I thought 48. It's 48. Okay, well. Can we talk about our man? Can we talk about our producer? I mean, we got Tommy here. Cause, yes. Cause, what's that? Why did you say Ivan? <laughs> another another <laughs> Russian name. <laughs> And he's not Russian, for God's sake. No, he's not. I don't know too many brothers that are Russian. But, yes. Uh, but, yeah, I'll never forget when I first met him over there at 790, and I'm sitting in there, and I thought they were messing with me. I, like, I was like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, hey, what's going on, Romberg? I was like, nothing, man. Because, you know, I kind of like – I got that locker room mentality. You know, I see a black dude, and I'm just like, ah, I automatically <laughs> – I just get like, yeah, we're back in the locker room. And I was just like, what's up, man? He's like, nah, nothing. I was just like, bro, what's your name? And he goes, Vlad. I was just like, come on, dude. No, like Vladimir, and he goes, yeah. I was just like, no. Who are no, or where you live? When you call nine one one and ask for help, heart out. First response is that a heart out. Now let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. At Baptist Health, we are ready to serve, to treat, to safely proceed. 
with your procedure. We're ready for ER visits and office visits with skilled surgeons. Advanced medicine and multidisciplinary teams. We're ready for new arrivals and new recoveries. We are ready. We're ready to diagnose, treat, and manage anything that comes our way with exceptional care and comfort. With the same preparedness and compassion you've come to expect from Baptist Health. And we are ready. We're ready. We're ready to care for you. We live in challenging times, and we understand you have questions about how you're going to take care of your family and yourself. Well, you can trust the Publix is doing everything possible to help. Our stores continue to be open. We're busy restocking as quickly as we can. But please remember to think of others as you shop for the week ahead. This will give your friends and neighbors the opportunity to get what they need as well. Our supply chains are strong, deliveries are being made throughout the day, and our associates are here every step of the way. It's not always going to be perfect, but together we'll make it through this. So let's be safe. Let's be calm. Let's be kind. Visit Publix.com for all the latest information. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that moment in time, her life changes forever. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. Hey, it's Big O. Catch the Onside Zone daily from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. No better place to get the insight you want on the teams you love, from the Dolphins to Inter-Miami and everything in between. Hey, it's Orlando Alzigari. Listen, podcast, stay connected to the show that bleeds South Florida sports every day from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. only at OnsideRadio.com. I'm Tiffany. I have some tips for you on how to quit smoking like I did. First, I did some reading about it. I found a lot of great advice on how to quit smoking and picked out the ways I thought would work best for me. I started by setting a quit date. Then I threw out my ashtrays, lighters, and matches. I did other things too, like exercising more, and it worked. But I'd still get cravings, especially on long car rides. To help me with that, I put a picture of my mother in my car. She died of lung cancer from smoking cigarettes when I was only 16. Now I have a 16-year-old daughter. That picture of my mother reminds me that I don't want to miss all the things my daughter is going to do in her life, including turning 17. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Welcome back to Romberg and Korg. To reach out to the fellas, dial 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's Romberg and Korg. It's insane, man. Canadian marketing system when it comes to cigarettes. That's one thing that I really did notice. By the way, welcome back to, to the Korg and Romberg show. Hang no, out Romberg here. and Korg. No, we're going we're gonna to obey whatever your wife's been. She's been texting in every single segment uh, saying, switch the name of the show. I love this name of the show. It's called Korg and Romberg. So in Canada, we were talking about this and discussing this, how 
the government has their hand in just about everything, right? And, and and my brother was talking about the numbers and shutting down because of COVID and that whole thing. And and they're basically back on lockdown again. Really? And, oh yeah. They're they're very. Uh, obviously, it's a socialistic style of of the way that that country is ran. Right. Um, but but I, I remember seeing this when they started trying to get people away from smoking cigarettes. Like a pack of cigarettes in Canada is like almost twenty bucks. Really? Oh yeah. And people are still but that's, buying them. But you know what? That's the way to do it. They rate well. That's what you would think. But, but but they keep smoking. My dad would smoke three packs a day. Wow. Oh yeah, man. So like all of your Demoriers, players, that kind of thing. Half of the, so so it started out with showing images of like really bad fetuses of babies and and limp penises right on the pack. Right on the pack. Like half it became half of the image of the pack of cigarettes, basically, where the 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 maker of the cigarettes would only be able to advertise half of their stuff, you know, and uh, and then would give facts like. I don't know. Uh, you only, you only have this many years of life, or this this one cigarette takes this many minutes of life off of you, or years of life off you, whatever it was. And they would literally write that on the pack of cigarettes up there, and people are still buying it left and right. And then it went from like six dollars to nine dollars to thirteen and fourteen. Then it was like eighteen dollars for a pack of cigarettes. Now it's wow. like their beer. Their beer is my brother pays something like forty something dollars for a case of two for twenty four beers. And I'll be at the I'll be at Publix or I whatever. I thought it was cheaper there. Oh God, no. Oh, absolutely not. Well, it costs the same amount for a beer in the store as it does for a beer at a bar, which is totally opposite it's here. Crazy. Yeah, it's totally opposite here. You'll pay like three and a quarter for a beer at a bar in Canada, and you'll pay three and a quarter or $4 when you divide it up out of the case. So, um, yeah, literally. So what they do is they just go to Detroit, hop the border, come back with a couple cases of beer because you're allowed to bring a couple cases of beer back at the American price. And, uh, and, and they would do that constantly. But I would used to take pictures, and I just did recently too, like a month and a half ago. I think Coors Light had a special on for their big jumbo uh, cans with the screw tops. I think you could buy a pack of 18 of them, and it was for like $13.99 or something like that was the special. And my brother just sent like crying emojis because he likes his beer. So he just sent crying emojis <laughs> back because he's paying 40 bucks. And for Coors a Light, it's like, you know what? how they make Coors Light? They get... That barley and hops in the river in 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 you know Colorado, and they just dump it in the river, and then they just bottle it. I mean, that stuff's like water, for gosh sakes. Well, that was the joke, right? It's like right. it's like having sex at canoe. Yes, that's what they're saying. But I would, but listen, I would think, <laughs> I would think that if you show on a cigarette pack to a man a limp penis. He's going to stop smoking immediately. Well, it depends on how big the vein that's in. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it all depends. But yeah, they, you would figure that would be deterred marketing. 100%. Oh, yeah. It gets me to get me yeah, to stop immediately. You better believe it. You better believe it. Yeah. I've never been a smoker. I, I tried when I was a kid, but it just never it never worked out. I, I was always getting sick and vomiting. And then I tried to dip and I threw up all over myself dipping. So I just, yeah. I'm just, oh, yeah. The dipping, I don't, I don't no. get Some that of the either. bad vices I've actually been. I've tried, but I just never took to them. I just didn't like them. Whereas my brother and my family and stuff like that, they get cigarette smokers, you know, they're weed smokers, that kind of thing. So I just, I never really got into it. I wasn't really much of uh, of that kind of guy to partake in it. Plus the athletic thing. And right. I was always kind of against it when it came to the athletics and stuff. So, right. Well, you were, you were preserving your my temple, your temple, yeah, man. my temple, my temple to destroy it in sports. That's ultimately <laughs> what it was. Once you get to the, once you get to the big leagues, you tend to destroy that temple physically and whatever kind of drug they put in you to try to make you be able to go on Sunday. Yeah. It's uh it's the real deal. It's interesting. I, I bet it is. Well, you know, we're coming towards the end of the show. It's been a great show. We talked about 
uh, the Canes and and that debacle on yeah. Saturday. I'm 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 gonna you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna call I'm gonna call Blake. I want to I talked to Blake right after the game. Uh, actually, was it, yeah, it was right after the game. I talked to Blake on Saturday, and then I need I need to get his like little follow up perspective because I texted him I, and I gave him a laundry list of like if you look at my text to Blake, it was a laundry list of what I noticed, and I don't ever do that. There's there's no way in hell that a guy sitting on his couch has the right to go and text an athletic director what he saw on TV. But I know that Blake was at the game. Right. When you're at the game, you don't see things the same way that people that are sitting at home are seeing the game. And I kind of gave him, without sugarcoating it, my perspective of what I just saw on the television screen and how they started the broadcast out by talking about Manny getting fired from Mac Brown's staff back in the day against Utah when Utah put up 350. And I remember at one point in time, Utah or, or uh, Mac Brown's North Carolina Tar Heel players put up 349 on Manny Diaz. So I was just like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, this is it was it was it was it was downward spiral from the beginning for me watching that football game. Yeah, and it was just seeing how flat they were. The one play that just kept resonating with me after the game was that one long run, and there were many of it by I'm not sure. I think yeah, it was they were, Williams. They were getting chunks, they were, chunks of well, yards. where he ran over that defensive back in the open field down the left sideline, and he hit that defensive back, and the guy just bounced. Oh off yeah, yeah, him, yeah. I know. And I know he exactly kept going. I know exactly what you're talking about. And then, and you had the other ones where, you know, stumbling, bumbling, the 235 pound bowling ball put one foot in the ground and moved. And it looked like our guys just, you know, all of a sudden were lost. They didn't know what they were doing. So yeah, it was, it was one of those things where at the end I said, thank God we're not playing Georgia tech next weekend. And then you guys should, you know, basically marinate in that horrible shit show you guys just put up there on Saturday night. Just let that be the last thing, last taste in your mouth going into the 2021 season. And I hope that they put that game on repeat for them for next year. Well, I hope everyone who's listened tonight has has a good taste in their mouth for the Romberg and Cord show. Or, or not. Or not. You never know. It was round one, ladies and gentlemen. It this was. Is, this is, you know, this is not a race. This is a marathon <laughs> yeah. right now. We're, we're, we're trying to get things going here. And we're. I guarantee you they're going to be uh, getting better and better every single night. I think so. I think so. Well, thanks, Brett Romberg. Thank you for listening today. And and don't forget, man, this is the place. If you're a Heat fan, you get the best insight on the team with Ethan Skolnick from Five Reasons Sports daily from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on OnsideRadio.com. Stay with us again tomorrow. We'll be back right here Tommy, at 6 give me, give me a score right now with the Heat game. Do you guys, what do I we don't got? want to put you on the spot right before we get the hell out of here. 55-45 Pelicans. Holy smokes, I regret asking you. Well, there we go. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Onside Radio.